What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Rockcast, brought to you by Onyx Hunt Maps. Jordan here, going to do an episode by myself, which I have not done for a little while. Hopefully, I'm not going to get too long-winded, and I'll keep it pretty uh, short, compact, and kind of to the point that I needed to make. And this uh, this is something. So I want to talk about like hunt mentality, more so uh, like pre-hunt mentality. We talk about mentality a lot on different episodes, at least mention it uh, here and there in a lot of different episodes, though. Um, and nobody really, uh, or I guess we haven't talked about it and just all outright. And uh, I want to talk about more so, you know, pre-hunt expectations um, and uh, the mentality you have when you're planning your hunt and going into your hunt. And I think the hopes of this is just to make people think a little bit more about the hunts that they're they're going on as far as your mentality going into the hunt and your expectations going into the hunt and uh yes because there's uh you know all the throughout the forums or you know I I take a, a couple examples of folks that have just talked to me personally going out on a trip and and then going like from my guiding background and like outfitting uh you know seeing seeing guys and just hearing about guys that that go into hunts with really high expectations or just some thoughts of maybe it's going to be simple or easier or it's going to be very dreamy or I think more so with this podcast I want to you know I think that that guys get a an idea of um they just dream of like how it's going to happen, how it's going to go down. And it just rarely happens how you think it's going to, or even sometimes how, you know, exactly how you want it to, or what, you know, it's very, very few times, um, you know, have people that have been hunting for a long time had like, you know, a dream scenario roll by, uh, in, on a hunt that just typically doesn't happen. So I think, that if you go into hunts um, with, you know, an idea that it is going to be very dreamy and it's going to happen very, like, romantically and how you pictured it in your mind for a long time, that uh, you, you're you going to be very let down, for one. Um, and then also, you might have so much weight on your shoulders of doing, you know, trying to make it happen a certain way that you just won't have fun during your hunt. And it can be kind of miserable. And I've seen that on the guiding uh, front of, of uh, folks like thinking it's going to be easy just because, you know, they paid for some private access or something like that. You can just see it after the first day of a five-day hunt. I mean, they're like mentally just screwing themselves because, you know, they thought they were going to roll out there the first day, find a 180-inch buck, bet it up against a hillside, make a perfect stock, 40-yard shot, and then they're done. Um, and there's a certain amount of just like anticipation leading up to things and having a lot of time to think about it and, uh, you know, looking at pictures and reading magazine articles and all these things about how all of these hunts came together. You put so much pressure on yourself to fill the tag that you don't enjoy yourself. And I've seen it just wreck people's minds. So over the last like two or three weeks, I've been thinking about it of like, there are like, there's a few different, different like bullet points that you, that splits kind of all these things up that you could split out in your, in your mind for your mentality of 
how to like think about this or explain it to yourself or whatever. So last two or three weeks, I've been thinking about it a lot and I've come up with four bullet points that I think splits some of the, the questions that you need to answer or just things that you should like prioritize and, uh, you know, measure expectations off of. And they all work and balance off of each other, which I think is, is the key, the key here. So the first one is, is experience. So, uh, you know, talk about or think about what kind of an experience you want. Um, and then number two is the method. So like rifle hunt versus archery hunt, you know, or do you want to do like a backpack hunt over a, you know, a hotel type hunt? Um, those two kind of bounce back and forth with each other. A lot of that stuff goes hand in hand. Uh, but that is one and two. And then three is the, the, you know, your goal for an animal. So like size things are just measured in inches nowadays. It's just a, it's a way to, to quantify it. So you do that, or, you know, if you're trying to get over, you know, three years of age or something like that, you're going off of age, um, is your goal or even simply just getting a buck over a doe type of a type of a deal. And, um, and then the fourth thing is importance of filling your tag. And this definitely plays off of the rest of them. So the way I like to think about it is this is all a balance. So everything needs to be pretty balanced out. And I've thought about it. Like if you have a DJ music DJ that has, they have their, their uh, soundboard in front of them and they have these slider knobs that adjust for EQ for each song. So EQ is like the way things sound. So treble, bass, mids, highs, whatever. So, um, for most songs, all of those things need to be balanced for it to sound good. So most of these things need to be balanced going into a, a hunt, um, as far as expectations go and not like over expecting things every once in a while you get a song that sounds really good with everything punched to a hundred. Um, but for the most part, everything needs to be balanced on a hunt. There are some times that things just go right and things, the stars align and all of those things that you wanted to do or push to a hundred. But for the most part, the more emphasis you put on one, it needs to be balanced out by the other one. So going to run through this here. Uh, in just a second, we're going to talk to our sponsors. All right, everybody, we will return to the regular programming here in just a second, but I want to go through and thank our sponsors who help bring this content to you. So first up, Onyx Hunt Maps, been with us for a long time. If you use code ROCKCAST at checkout for 20% off, you, yeah, will get a discount on whichever subscription you choose, whether that is just the uh, the $30 one state or go with the $100 elite and get all the states um, information and, and all the things like that. Uh, we just drew Montana, so I have not been up to where we are going to go, so I've been dropping pins and using it like crazy. But yeah, Rockcast uh, for 20% off of Onyx Hunt Maps. Next up, uh, Black Rifle Coffee Company, helping... Um, Tons of people stay caffeinated during the day on and off the mountain. If you use code ROCKSLIDE 
at checkout, you will get 20% off your first order. Go-tos for backcountry hunters, definitely their um, instant coffees. They're, you can just take them with you, heat up water, toss that in. There's no, um, like there's no, you're not dripping coffee or anything like that that takes a long time. It's literally instant. It tastes really good. It, it, it dissolves like super, super quick. And it's just a great go-to for the backcountry. So uh, you can get on and get 20% off in order of those at Black Rifle Coffee Company. And next up, a super cool new partner that we have on is ActiveJunkie.com. I've seen, I had seen a lot of posts on the forums about Active Junkie and how people were using it to save money. And and uh, anyways, this has all kind of come full circle. And basically what they're doing is ActiveJunkie.com is a website that you can get on, sign up for a free account. And they, on the website, they have like 1,500 different, uh, like, between brands and retailers, small and big, they have like 1,500, you know, logos, if you will, on their website that you can go uh, click through to and purchase from that store or brand, and then ActiveJunkie.com will give you cash back uh, for buying through their website. So how it works, you hop on. Uh, sign up for the free account, go to a brand that you would like to purchase from, you click through the Active Junkie uh, website right to that store, go on, make a purchase, it takes you right to the store, so the store is not different, takes you right to the retailer that you want to purchase from, you make your purchase like normal, that retailer processes the order, sends it to you exactly like normal, but on the Active Junkie side, you will get cash back from your purchase through that store because you purchased it through the Active Junkie website. And they do that not through points that you have to use in their own store or with their own brands. They direct deposit into your PayPal account or they cut you a check and send it in the mail. They do that like every 90 days. So really good way to save some money and um, stack on some deals. Also with, uh, you can use like coupon codes and things through that specific retailer, you know, and then take advantage of the cash back. So you can really stack things on, save a lot of money. Uh, Some of the heavy hitters real quick. Uh, They've got Cabela's, Shields, Sportsman's Warehouse. There's Sierra Trading Post. Um, There's also some big brands like Under Armour, uh, Nike. They also have Lowe's, which is going to come in really clutch uh, for home improvement stuff for us. And then they even have Booking.com. So if you're going to book a... Uh, if you're going to book a trip, you can get on booking.com is 3% cash back. Um, all of the retailers and brands are a little bit different, but you can get up to 20% cash back. So if you can find a retailer to purchase the item you want to, that gives you 20% cash back. Uh, you can really stack on and save some money. So, uh, it's really great. I'm actually about to go through Cabela's and purchase a fold out overland shower that I'm going to put in our travel trailer that we um, have constructed. So, uh, activejunkie.com, go to forward slash rock slide, and they have a whole rock slide page set up for all of you to check out. And then, last but not least, First Light Clothing. Gosh, I've been using First Light for a really long time now and been working with them professionally. Um, for a few years now. And I think back when I came on to Rockslide, which was probably five years ago, six years ago, gosh, it might, could even be longer, but it's right in there. Uh, the very first review that I did 
for the website was with the First Light Alturis Corgit um, or uh, First Light Alturis Guide Pant, which is a women's hunting pant from First Light that they still have. It's an absolute great pants bomber. Um, they have a ton of new things coming out, new cool products in the 2022 uh, season lineup. A couple that they've released already is the um, Origin hoodie, which is like a, a really like functional mid-layer fleece. And then they just released their new Omen rain gear, which I used in Alaska and is absolutely kick-ass. So go check them out at firstlight.com. Okay, so um, first thing is experience. So I think of this as like, what kind of a experience do you want, uh, you know, surrounding the hunt? So like, do you want to do a hotel hunt and have it be a little more uh, cushy, have some amenities? Do you want to hunt with a a pack on your back uh, and do like a backpack hunt and get that experience? Because that is certainly an experience uh, that's different over a hotel hunt. think about that and like what kind of experience you want there. And then your method. I think this can be like rifle hunting over archery hunting over muzzleloader hunting. Um, and then it also is like, do you want to spot and stock? Do you want to sit in a stand? Do you want to sit in a blind? All those things. Um, and then, uh, those two kind of go hand in hand and I think that they play off of each other a little bit. And then the third thing being size, like I talked about before, you know, size of an animal. Um, and you know, a couple of these things you're kind of prioritizing, uh, within the little, um, the bullet point that I've made. And then number four is the importance of filling your tag. To me, the importance of filling your tag is it's either, super, super important and you're putting a lot of weight on that or it is kind of like you're really there for the experience to gain a lot of knowledge and if you uh, if you get something that's great and if you don't, it's not going to like wreck your world. Um, in my experience, the not putting a huge ton of importance on filling your tag is right away going to help you out with the mentality side of things because um, I it can be miserable if all you're thinking about is filling your tag and instead of like enjoying where you're at and, um, what, you know, most of us are out there to do is just kind of, you know, see what nature has to throw at you and just live out there for a little while. So, uh, it can definitely be a mentality like whack. If, um, if you put too much emphasis, I think on maybe like any of these things. So, um, a couple of like, quick examples of this is, uh, I guess more so where I've seen things go like a little bit sideways is, um, you know, you, you pick a a certain experience that you want to, to do, you pick a method that you want to do. Uh, and then, you know, along with those, you're, you're kind of in a way with the method if you're just choosing one method and you're kind of like ride or die on that, you're really bottlenecking yourself into the last two things of getting something, you know, of the size that you want, if that's important and then filling your tag. So, um, you know, if, if you decide to go on a backpack hunt and the only way you want to shoot an elk is if you call it into your lap and it's really important for you to fill your tag, that's going to be really hard, especially if you want a, a big bull 
And and I've seen this exact scenario uh, thrown out to me of expectations of uh, a couple of folks that were going out on a hunt is uh, they weren't going to do it any other way than backpack in. Um, they were only going to shoot an elk if they called them in. They wanted 300 or better. And it was really important for them to, to fill their tags. They were very confident that they were going to be able to do that. And then when it didn't happen, it was very much like a, this hunt sucked. We were, you know, just finding all these things wrong with it. And a lot of that is like mentality that I think is kind of subconscious, like, uh, just because you weren't able to enjoy anything else. So, uh, I feel like I digress and there's like, there's a point I'm trying to get now, but it's really hard to illustrate the point because it is so subjective from person to person. Mostly of what I'm saying is I think that these four key things are a good start to ev- start evaluating and just balance them out. Just know that there's very few times that you're going to be on a backpack hunt calling a bull elk in that is 300 inches or better right into your lap um, and to shoot and fill your tag. And especially a lot of us are just, we're really, we're crunched for time. We just simply don't have enough time to spend out there that it's going to take for a lot of these stars to align and this to happen. So um, that I, that's where all the balance comes in. And um, the way I want to I wanna flip things, so like in that scenario, if it's really important for you to fill your tag, something's got to give. So maybe the size needs to decrease. Probably one of the first things um, is just not be so picky. And then maybe the next thing that needs to go down is method. At least be open to, you know, trying to ambush a herd or trying to ambush a bull somewhere. Um, And then the experience, you know, maybe there aren't a lot of elk back in the backcountry where you're backpacking into. I think you got to be a little open to doing a roadside camp and, and being a little more mobile and moving that way. Um, so some of those things have, have got to give to really like, you know, ultimately the end goal after you've, you know, drawn a tag or you purchased a tag is of course you want to fill it. So some of these things, if that's really important to you, uh, these other things kind of have to, to at least be reprioritized or at least like leveled out a little bit more, um, And then for the size thing, I'll just use Robbie as an example. He's talked about this before. Uh, You cannot, if you're going to hunt big deer or big elk or whatever, you cannot be picky on how you're doing it. You need to figure out a way to spend the most time in the field to maximize your chances and more seasons. So what he means by that is if you want to be a big buck hunter, you can't just be a rifle hunter. You got to be open to using archery equipment and putting the time in to do so and using muzzleloader equipment if that is a good option to get a tag for a really good unit. Um, and, you know, that goes into, you know, he's putting a lot of emphasis on the size and his importance of filling a tag is pretty low. I mean, he knows it's really hard. It's going to be hard. And then, uh, you know, his method, he's pretty fluid on his method. Like he'll still hunt, he'll spot and stock, he'll glass, he'll ambush, whatever. Um, and then, you know, the overall experience as far as like a backcountry feel or a road camp feel, uh, I 
think he does, Robbie does all that and then, you know, narrows it down to where the, the deer is that he has found that he wants to go for. So he puts a lot of emphasis on size and you can see how the rest of everything is like pretty fluid and loose. Uh, whereas, you know, uh, another person coming in, you know, you might have an experience that you really want to do. You really want to do the backcountry experience and get that whole feel of things and, you know, learn a lot back there and, and whatever, just get the whole experience. Um, you know, maybe you need to be a little more fluid on your method, be a little more, uh, fluid on the size that you're thinking. And then I think for everybody, your importance of filling a tag going into these hunts, it just needs to be pretty neutral anyways, because even, um, even on hunts where it seems relatively easy, you know, when you, if you're comparing the two different styles of hunting or whatever, uh, it's still not easy. It is still very difficult. So, uh, yeah. I think that I think that I probably uh, beat this horse um, about to death, but um, just some things to think about. Like think about the experience you want and how much weight you're putting on that. Think about the method you want to do so in and how much weight you're putting on that. You know, think about the size and uh, be very realistic with yourself. And then you know the importance of filling your tag. My advice would be just keep her keep her neutral. You know, it's either like you are, or you aren't anyways. So try not to put so much emphasis on that, that you don't have a good time when you're there and don't, you know, so much like set yourself up uh, for failure from the beginning, even starting it, that you're going to have a, a bad time. And, uh, one example, well, this is not an example. This is more of just a, a guide and outfitter, it was more like request thing and something I just want to talk about real quick. So going into, you know, guided and like private land hunts, there is certainly an amount of stigma to it. Shoot. I don't know if stigma is the right word, but, um, there's a certain feeling towards it that it's going to be easier. It's going to be, it's going to happen faster. It's going to be easier. Sometimes that is the case, but again, still not easy. And uh, when you're booking a hunt with an outfitter, I think it's really important to be super, um, like really, you know, transparent and honest about the way you want to do things. And I think that there's a certain amount of room for shifting to like the way that you want to hunt and the kind of, you know, hunt and experience that you want to have. I do want to just throw it out there and caution people that if there's, you know, an outfitter that you're looking at that has really good success odds, um, or harvest odds, whatever shot opportunities. Um, and they, they harvest, you know, really good deer or the, the caliber that you would like. And let's say that on their website, they're like, we hunt out of tree stands for these or for mule deer. Maybe we hunt out of blinds you know, we mainly hunt out of blinds and we might do a little bit of spot and stock. Um, I think that it's a good, a good practice to like respect that. And even though maybe you want to do a lot of spot and stock that maybe, uh, 
you still need to be respectful of what the outfitter wants because there's probably, uh, the way they want to hunt is probably because it's the most efficient. That's the, the best way that they've found to get folks, uh, shot opportunities. And I think it's just a good idea to, to, uh, respect that. And like, if you absolutely don't want to sit in a blind and, uh, you only want to spot and sock, like maybe that's just not the outfitter for you. Um, so yeah, that's, I guess that's, uh, all I wanted to say in that is I, I wouldn't expect, um, an outfitter to completely change the way that they run hunts, um, just because you, you want to hunt a certain way, if that makes sense. It might just be that like, you know, another outfitter or whoever a guide does all spot and stock and they don't like sitting in blinds at all, then like maybe that's the direction to go for you. But, um, yeah, I just, I've seen it a few times where some guys have shown up at an outfit and just kind of were like, this is the way we're going to hunt and there's no way around it. And then the guides butt heads with them because they want them to hunt the way that they're used to hunting and getting clients opportunities. And, you know, the client chooses the harder way. And then it can all turn into a mess with, um, <clears throat> you know, filling the tag if they don't fill the tag. So <clears throat> I don't really have anything else to say. This already went longer than I think I was going to uh, have it, but I think that that's just kind of reevaluate expectations, you know, prioritize some things, um, you know, realize that during your hunt too, things could probably need to be a little bit fluid and you should plan for that or at least think about it. So that's all I got for you today. Thanks for listening to the ramblings and uh, we'll uh, tune in for the uh, next episode.